Legends of the Craft. Myth, legend, and inspirational stories from Freemasonry. Welcome to Legends of the Craft, your haven away from the disbelief of our time with your hosts, brothers Brian Bungie and Matthias Cumcier. Our goal here at Legends of the Craft is simple, to give you the mythology, the legend, and simply inspiring stories of our beloved craft. Without any further ado, here's episode one, our introduction to what this show is and what you can expect in future episodes. To all the brethren out there that may be listening to this show... Uh, we're going to take some time this first episode to kind of discuss what myth is, what is legend, you know, why are these important, and why are we taking the time to discuss these. Um, but before we get to that, I'd like to kind of introduce ourselves. Um, we are two uh, co-Masonic brethren from the Orient of Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, Enoch Lodge. Uh, we decided to create this show to spread Masonic light, but rather than give uh, you know lectures on the history, um, on the symbolism, the philosophy, or to discuss the current problems of Freemasonry, we've decided to take a look at the inspirational stories of Freemasonry, the myths, legends, and heroic figures who want and lead us to be better people. Now, we'd like to acknowledge that... Uh the current events in Freemasonry and those people that are out there covering those, uh, there's certain podcasts we'd like to mention, Ex Oriente being one of those, and uh, the Digital Freemason, definitely one of those. We do appreciate the things that they're doing, and we think they're doing a wonderful job, which is one of the reasons that uh, we don't feel the need to cover those areas. Uh, the, the, the job is being done quite well. Uh, but there is there is a gap in the coverage there, which we think is very important. Uh, it's important to cover the, the myths and legends. I think that is the, the most important part of Freemasonry myself. Uh, it's the most inspiring part. And without the inspiration, uh, w- why do we go out and accomplish these things? Where How do we put the lessons that we've learned to use? Very good question, Brother Bungie. Um, <coughs> why do we need myth? And legend in our lives. We need myth and legend because it inspires us. It makes us better people. Look at religion. It's based on story. Every faith throughout the world, from east to west, has myth and story at their core. It's those stories, be they Jesus or Muhammad, uh, Krishna or Buddha, that make us want to be better people. They are stories that bring us steadfastness, courage, bravery, and honor. And without these stories, we have no hope. And so we need these stories to allow us to challenge ourselves and make us better people. Now, even when we have absolute faith in some of these stories, uh, there's stories within the stories. Uh, the stories of, of Jesus Christ's teaching and parables. He was using stories to inspire his followers. And the story of him telling stories has inspired another generation of followers beyond them. Um, it, there, there's so many examples 
of how mythology and how legends uh, have helped shape entire nations. Uh, what would Western society be without the Greeks, whose entire society was based on the legends of their gods, the legends of their heroes? Uh, the Spartan nation uh, was so mighty because they believed they were ancestors of Hercules. They, uh, and they aspired to be just like their ancestor, Hercules. Uh, and, and, I mean, with, without the Greeks and without the Romans who followed them, uh, it can be argued that there, there could never be an America as we have it today. And like the Spartans who were descendants of Hercules, we as Freemasons are the descendants of Hiram Abiff. We are the representative of the widow's son. And so we should take great pride in the legends of the craft, which ranged from Noah and Enoch to Solomon and Hiram and Zerubbabel. Uh, there are so many great stories within the annuals of Freemasonry, and it is through these stories that we, every day, make a little bit of progress in our Masonic careers. Now, these myths and legends are... Uh, They've been taught on so many different levels, and it's hard to put an exact meaning on on these on any particular story out there, uh, especially within the Masonic community, when uh, so much is left to the individual to uh, make the determination on. Uh, it, it depends who told the story to you. They may uh, focus particularly on one area or another more. Uh, and, it, and it definitely depends on you and your background uh, as to how you interpret these things and where you derive the most meaning. Um, I say, but, but masonry, it cannot be denied uh, how much of masonry is based on, on myth and legend. And the fact that, uh, that there may not be 100% archaeological uh, uh, fact to back these things up. There may not be a uh, videotape of King Solomon building the temple. There may not be uh, journal entries uh, that document all these things with four or five witnesses at a time. These things are irrelevant. Uh, to me, and, and I know to you, uh, Brother Kumsier, uh it doesn't matter if, if it's 100% factual, these stories or not. Uh, the inspiration is there regardless. Uh, as long as, as they aren't being represented as something that's a 100% factual uh, story, uh, there's absolutely no harm in putting your faith in these things. I couldn't agree with you more, Brother Bungie. Um, whether these stories are true or not is irrelevant. The importance of these stories is what it teaches us. Uh, myth and legend is like an onion. Uh, there are many layers to an onion. And every time you take one of those layers off, you find another. And so there's just there's one meeting after another with all these stories. Uh, there is the literal interpretation. And with each layer, you get a little more esoteric or a little deeper into the story. And that's why these stories are timeless. They're eternal. Because simply, they keep on giving. You know, once you find one truth in a story... You keep reading it, you keep reading it, and, and then apparently you find more truth. And I don't think there's an end to the amount of truth these stories can give us. They, they are uh, timeless. They are time immemorial. Now, there's, there's been an issue that I've taken offense with here lately. Uh, I've noticed on a lot of the coverage of masonry, and, and coverage uh, that pertains to the world in general, 
uh, it seems to be a new pastime, uh, debunking. Debunking is, is, is the fun thing to do these days, and, and people have not left the myths and legends alone. Uh, it seems like a, a lot of people derive a lot of pleasure in, in figuring out any way they possibly can to disprove these stories. And people have had a hard time following the fact that uh, the lessons these stories teach, uh, they, they still pertain to, to you, regardless of whether these things are true or not. And it serves no purpose to debunk these myths. There are a lot of Masonic scholars out there who believe they're doing a service to the craft and to the brothers that are in it by helping them to not believe in these fairy tales anymore. Um, I couldn't disagree more. They, I believe that they are absolutely damaging the craft and damaging the brothers' morale that are in it. Uh, if there's no more heroes to look up to, if there's nothing to look up to, uh, we will become what the public sees us as. A uh, bunch of old guys sitting in funny cars uh, wearing funny hats. You know, it's funny, uh, Brother Bungie, that, that you bring this point up because you go to Barnes & Noble today and what do you find on the bookshelf? Duncan's Ritual. Look to the East. Uh, brethren listening to the show, you know what I'm talking about. There, our rituals are in books all over this country and this world. At one point, these were sacred. They were secret from the public. Not because uh, what they contain uh, would blow their minds away, but because it was important to us. It was something that you had to learn. Something you had to progress to get educated on. It was an initiatory school. But today, anybody can pick these rituals up and read all the degrees of Freemasonry. And I think it's a complete shame. And, and all, this is, this, all of the purpose of this has been to uh, maintain some sort of public relations with the profane world. Uh, Freemasons, for some reason, want people to accept us and love us. And so they share the rituals with the public. You know, I've seen those books in the bookstores before, and honestly, I usually hide them uh, somewhere else in the store, uh, you know, uh, behind somewhere else. If, if you find a Duncan's Ritual uh, stuff somewhere, it definitely shouldn't be. I, I might have been in that store before you. Uh, you know, but I, I've noticed some other things about the rituals. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of, that's been removed these days. There's It's been dumbed down for the public uh, and for the private. Uh Masons no longer want the full symbolism of these things because th there may be some things in the ancient ritual that is offensive, some things that by our standards today may be inappropriate. And it absolutely destroys the, the legend that these rituals present uh, by altering these things to, to what our standards are today. So, Brother Bungie, um, I think there's a story that I like to tell right now which... I think really shows the importance of myth in a more of our modern time. Uh, in 1793, um, the war was over. The American Revolutionary War was over. But the peace treaty yet had to be signed. Um, Benjamin Franklin, John Adams, a slew of our founding fathers were in Paris uh, preparing the treaty between the English and the colonies. And George Washington remained in New York, uh, right north of New York City, with the Continental Army, uh, just in case the treaty had broken down 
they would be ready to continue the fight for freedom. And um, he had traveled away from the camp at Salzburg, where the army had been stationed, down uh, to Philadelphia. And while in Philadelphia, word reached him that there was a mutiny brewing among his ranks back at Salzburg, that since the Continental Army had not been paid by Congress, they wished to march on Philadelphia, and they wished to demand their wages, and if needed, destroy the government, and place George Washington as their king. George Washington heard this, and he immediately got on his uh, trusty steed, and he braved a winter storm. He was 55, 60 years old. I mean, not a young chicken, especially in, in, in that, you know, three centuries ago. And he went through this blizzard on his horse all night, didn't sleep, got to Salzburg, didn't rest at, at all because he, he gathered his supporters and he wrote a speech. And so he gathered all the men um, at what they called the temple, which was uh, their, their main meeting hall. And he walked in. You know, he tried to share some words, try to calm them down, and and very wisely he uh, pulled out his spectacles, and he said, "Gentlemen, uh, you will pardon me. Uh, I need to place my spectacles on, uh, for I have grown uh, gray and tired in the service of my nation." And it was at that moment that many of his men began to cry. They they came to tears because there was their great general who had. Uh, led them for many, many years uh, in, in battle against the most powerful military on earth. And he was old, and he was frail. And the rebellion, the, the mutiny fell apart at that point. What I think is so amazing about this story is that George Washington, who had fought and been leader of the, of the rebellion against England, had, uh, he hadn't received any pay for what he did. He volunteered, he placed his family at risk, and, and he was not a poor man. He had a great plantation, a lot of wealth. He put it all on the line. He lost a lot of it, and here he was, given the opportunity to be a king. How many of us would give up the opportunity to be a king, Brother Bungie? How many of us? <laughs> not too many out there. I don't know if I could. Uh, I hope I could. But, that would be a tough decision. Uh, tough decision, but George Washington had ideals and, and it was that day in Salzburg 1793 that he created a myth that will go down at least in American history if not world history in which he surrendered a crown uh, he had sacrificed his life for the ideal of liberty that alone places George Washington on a pedestal, which I don't think anyone can touch. Anybody can say what they want about him, but that moment is a defining moment, which I think few people uh, could have endured in such circumstances. And at least in my opinion, uh, makes him a hero. Now that's exactly the kind of story that, that we want to cover here on this show uh, regularly. And the, the import of that story is is within every detail of it. Uh, 
if in the future people decided that the important part of the story is to know that uh, that George Washington didn't want to become a king, they they could leave out some of the details about how he motivated his men, how he weathered the storms, how he did those things, and you could shorten the story because they don't think that that's important. But it destroys the myth. It destroys the humanity within the story. And it makes it very difficult to aspire to be that man when you don't know exactly what it was he had to face. When you remove the, the human element from the stories. Uh, sure, a story that, that says George Washington had a chance to become a king and turned it down. That would give you the facts that you need to, uh, to understand he was in that kind of situation. But how inspiring is that? That's, it doesn't move you to accomplish anything. That doesn't help you to understand the situation that was presented uh, before him. Now, that's, that's what we hope to do in, in, on this show, is, is uncover the full myth. There's a lot of stories out there that you may know a part of, that, that we all know a portion of. And uh, we want to try and dig a little deeper and find the original myths, the original legends, and, and what they stood for, what they represented. Uh, we won't go so far as to prevent, present things in their uh, native languages. We'll, we'll go ahead and translate them to English for you. Uh, but still, try to keep them as close to the source as, as we can. But unlike the media, we will not try to destroy these heroes. Uh, something in our modern time that really bugs me is that uh, a great politician steps forth, uh, a great philosopher... A great philanthropist. And what's the first thing that our society does? Rip them apart. You find their faces all over the National Enquirer. They're in every uh, episode of uh, of you know Channel E, in which they are taken apart. They're picked apart. Their lives are scrutinized, and and they don't have private lives. And then society starts to not look at these people as heroes, but as people just like you and I. Uh, not that they aren't just like us, but why do we have to destroy the heroes of the time? Why do we have to nitpick these people until there's nothing left of dignity uh, in their character? And so we're not going to focus on, for example, George Washington, who some will say, well, he had slaves. So whatever he did that was beneficial is negated by his uh, slavery. In fact, slavery is a horrendous act, uh, but it was something that was accepted at the time, and that does not negate what George Washington did uh, for his fellow patriots and what he did in forming this country. Um, not that George Washington was a perfect man, but you can't take away the good because of the bad. Well, this uh, is leading to the conclusion of our episode number one here, but uh Keep in mind, uh, next month, episode number two is going to be our, our first episode covering the myths and legends and heroes. And uh, we'd like to focus uh, on, on this first, uh, first real episode uh, about the Masonic heroes uh, of the Holocaust. Uh, those brothers who had, had such a difficult time in Germany and the surrounding countries there. Uh, the brothers who tried to make a difference uh, for those who were being persecuted besides themselves. Uh, and we'll have some more details for you at the uh, introduction of our next show. This has been Legend of the Craft. We hope you've been inspired. And we'll tune in next month for more myths and legends of Freemasonry.